they advertise in the paper for companions and sex for trade. In the papers on Maui. It's a pedophile kingdom. Pedophiles, unite. Come to Maui. You'll be safe. You can have your kingdom and your fantasy world. Epstein Island is Maui. Sound of Freedom was put in place by the agencies to make it look like nothing happens in America. It's always off soil. They claimed as publicity material that Disney dropped them and wasn't going to help them now because they were going to help the children. And then you see the number one show promoted on Amazon, which Disney is control of. It was all a stunt. The the religious side, like kind of like the Mormons and religious right, got together with Disney, which they always do, and came up with a plan for Sound of Freedom to make it sound like they were in control of what was really going on and making a difference for children. They aren't. They're covering for the agencies, and more Sound of Freedoms need to be made by other studios. Where you talk about the trafficking in America. America is the leading trafficker in the world. Now we draw from Africa and other places, but we are the leading trafficker and the agencies oversee it. And so the agencies want to cleanse their part in it. And also they have control over what the people believe. They also profit off of it. They profit off of it. Amazon's touting a number one show. So they're profiting off it. They control the issue. They become the authority on it. They, they release what they want while cleansing out the rest, just like they want to do with my story. Welcome to the Days of Noah podcast, where we talk all things biblical, supernatural, and strange. Today we conclude our conversation with Tom Althaus, the creator of The Immortals, which we all know as the Matrix franchise. And Tom unpacks quite a bit of insight into how the narrative of unseemly evil things are controlled and selectively released so that we only see part of the picture. And the powers that be can appear to be doing the right thing when it comes to child trafficking, exposing evil, when really they're only showing us a piece of the picture so that they can become the authority on the topic and we, the unsuspecting public, feel like we understand the issue completely when we're only seeing what they want us to see. It's a form of controlled opposition and gatekeeping in that sense. Very helpful information to understand. We're appreciative of Tom coming back as always and thankful for getting to know him. Guys, thanks for listening today. Please like, share, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Share a link to this episode with your family and friends to help grow the channel. And if you'd like to support us further, choose one of the support links in the show notes. And even if something like a dollar a month really goes a long way to help keep us on the air, keep the equipment up and running, and help us keep researching uh, all of these various topics that we hope are providing value to you, the listeners. Thanks so much for being out there, guys. If you have any questions or comments for the show, feel free to send us an email at thedaysofnoahpodcast at gmail.com. 
And with that, let's conclude our conversation with Tom Althaus. This free flow discussion we're having here is one of the best I've ever had in hundreds of shows where the chemistry, it's just like, it's just, it's connecting. It's all being shown. And the only way you can do it is it has to be served as one meal. It can't be served as, let's just look at the dessert. You got to look at the full picture to understand the full picture. So picking up kind of what I I was saying was uh, with regard to, it was interesting you were mentioning about the possible British empire still kind of running the show in America. And I think there's, you can definitely point to things like the council foreign relations, Bilderbergers, you know, there's definitely a, a higher group or groups that are running the show. It's not just our elected officials for sure. But one thing that came to mind is something that I heard about in this past year that even the American revolution Okay, even the even the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, what they wrote into that gave themselves the language to usurp control later on. Yeah, that it that it wasn't just, oh, we're breaking away and here's this new nation rebelling. It's it's also the, the Freemasons in control at the time were able to use their influence and set these time bombs, if you will. That down the road, the banking system and everything could continue to take control of this new land. That is such an important point, Pete. So important. You could write a paper on that, a doctorate dissertation, because what what you have here is look who's actually orchestrating it, the Masons. And and what is what is what is the Masons? What are what are they focused on? Unity of the Brotherhood, where it crosses all national boundaries, a one world society where the elite take care of each other. Sound familiar? So our whole bedrock of the cabal is really the teachings of the Masons. And it's really that we protect our own. And whenever they welcome me, they say, you're part of the elite now, right? And so I was brought into the Masons by CIA operatives. Yeah. Ron Holmberg and others, Paul, that brought me in and said, you're one of the elite now. We're fascinated well, by your story. So who runs this world? Yeah, that's exactly it. And and I mean, even some of our founding fathers that we look up to. I mean, Ben Franklin. Gosh, he was he was part of whatever that satanic sex cult that he was in. I mean, gosh, this we're it's history isn't what we're what we've all all been told. It's not just all you know. And and that's that's even part of the deception too. Like you say, oh well, this person was praying, or they use the word Lord, or they use God. Well, mm-hmm. you don't know which God they're praying to, no. unless they say Jesus Christ and and things like that. You know, which even maybe that could be skewed with a false Jesus, but um, you don't know that they, they consider Lucifer God. They consider him the great architect of the universe, right? Yeah. Um, so, okay. That's a, maybe a good segue. Well, uh, look at that language. Yeah, well, look at the language the Masons use. We don't call, when I was part of this, God, God, we call him the architect, the great architect. Yes. That's what we call yes. him. So maybe that's a good segue, Tom, into your CIA rec- rec- recruitment into Freemasonry, um, that we, again, we may have touched on briefly in, in previous interviews, but, um, unpack that, how you were initiated, how far it went, all that stuff. 
Very good. Well, the thing yeah. too that's so cool is when we discuss these things, each time we discuss it, it's it's from a different perspective and different compilation of understanding, right? So what we're doing is we're holding up the lens again, and it'll give a new image. If every time we examine the material this way in layers, like we're doing, it allows a, a unique picture. So the repetition is not a problem because it actually allows us to. It's almost like looking at a box from a different angle. Sure. Yeah. So this is really good what we're doing. Okay. As far as the initiation and how I was brought into the Masons was on Maui again. And um, what happened was I was approached by an actor friend of mine who was very successful and was working in the shows with me, many of the shows. In fact, when I was recruited by Disney, I worked with him first right away. And uh, he was a very famous actor on Maui. And um, what happened was uh, many, many shows together. He told me that the Masons, these operatives, were very interested in me and they wanted me to come by. And he pitched it like this. He said, look, Tom, uh, with your acting background and writing background, basically what you do is you, it's like boys, the guys getting together, having drinks, which I'm not a drinker. You get together, have drinks and you just um, – uh, you make you, you're perfect for it because we do these or we memorize these things and just say them and it's a lot of acting you know and then basically um, we have uh, we take care of each other and we just meet afterwards and have some drinks and and share so it's really just like it's, it's basically performance is how it was pitched to me instead I would fit in right they always try to make it sound like you'll fit just and you're perfect for it when they pull the oh, off of the chair <laughs> when I get there I meet a gentleman named Lauren Holmberg. And Lauren Holmberg is is interesting because he's a he's an artist. He does um, uh, gates for Maui and the rich and things like this. And he's also very very wealthy. He does exports and imports. Pay attention to that phrase. It is actually not just in the movies. Operatives do that where they do their escapades over in different foreign soil. They also make business connections and start doing export imports. This gentleman out of Africa, literally. So he had told me all the atrocities that he saw, Lauren Holmberg did when I was brought in. He said he would be mentoring me. They always have a mentor program, right? Okay. That's another thing with a cabal. You're mentored. You're offered the chair. You're told all these things you'll be promised. You're also warned not to make a difference. Don't try to make a difference in the world. So right there's a clue. That's right in the first sit down. They don't want you going off their path and plans and agenda. They want you to be able to let the world go. And when I say that, they mean let the innocent go. Let those that are not part of the club go. Let the other 99% go. Don't have feelings for them. And if I can interject real quick. And in the Freemasons, we are the vulgar masses. Yes. Right in their own literature. Yeah, You're unruly. Um, They consider you predictable, unruly, um, uh, that all people, all people are selfish they consider their organization basically a, a refuge, an island for the elite, for the best of humanity. Now, get the thinking here. This is a great topic you raised. So think of it their mindset. And this was given to me. We're the best of humanity. I was brought in because they're fascinated by my story. They, they think that I'm one of the, you're one of the elite now. So what they're telling us is when you're brought in, you're being rescued from the filth, basically. Right. right? In their mindset. Their mindset. And so basically you're being brought in for a reset of the world where the world will be the best of the best gathered together. That's the Mason's plan. The best brothers come together that have order, the level, the plumb line, everything else, order. 
We're building the temple. We're building the temple of Solomon. We're building a ordered world where we take care of our own and we cut the fat off. We're not going to, you know, we want, we want to get rid of the bad and bring in the good. And we're going to be a brotherhood and the yeah, others and are excluded. And that's like the Georgia Guidestones, right? Reduce exactly. the world population to, to exactly. 500 million. But see, that's what's so good about this, the way we're reexamining something. We're making new discoveries together. I'm making discoveries as I speak. Pieces I didn't get to put together before are now falling in place. From your questions and observations, they allow me to take another look at something and understand it finally. It's yes. like a good screenplay will do that. Go ahead. And that's how my mind works too, is just um, I'll – I'll feed off of something and get ideas. So yeah, and but God pick gives up with us the it. right questions often too. He does yeah, give for us sure. what to ask. And this yeah, is so pick, pick up with that as far as, yeah, how the Freemasons think of us and then into kind of your story and recruitment on Maui. Okay. Basically the mindset you get is when you're welcomed in, it's like you're, you're one of the elite now is one of the phrases they use. Don't try to make a difference. Don't try to help anybody outside the club, right? You, you're told basically you're part of the 1%. So look at the language, 1%. Elite, they use those words. Those are choice words they use for themselves. How do they describe God? Architect, the great architect. Interesting, right? Now, what does God say in the Bible if we believe the scriptures? What does he say he's to be referred to as? What does he tell us his name is? I am. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who used that name I am in his letters? Pat Robertson, also a Mason, Lion's Paul. Hmm. Pat Robertson signed all his letters, I am Pat Robertson. Pat, yeah. Every letter he had, I am. Even the letter to me that was um, uh, actually to my wife at the time getting rid of me is signed, I am. And um, I'll need to to find that for you and show you when we get a chance. Yeah. But so that's that's what you got is this amazing thing where um, uh, they, they consider themselves above God. See, think of it this way. There are journeys, the Masons, like some of the, uh, the operative CIA, the uh, religious right that are in bed together, the FBI, all that. They consider the fact that, uh, or not the fact, they look at it as there really isn't a God. There's a power. And basically um, the people of the world are naive that believe it. And that's why in the immortals, what you have is there's a religion used to control those outside the program. They took that out. There's a religion orchestrated by the architect that's allowed and enabled, and he chooses who leads it to mislead the people so they do what the architect wants. And that's part of the re- that's part of his tactic to controlling free will. Isn't that something? And mm. that's how he gathers everybody at the stadium later, have them come out by using the oracle to gather them. The, the whole richness of that was taken out of how you solve the balance, the equation, how you balance the equation, which is how you give people of the world to give over their free will. They use religion to get people to give over their free will. Yeah. And it's interesting too. I, I'm drawing a blank on, on again, these free flow of ideas, but someone I've been listening to more recently talking about, you know, it's, it's just insane to think that uh, the finite can become the infinite as, you know, uh, uh, may, maybe it's maybe it's uh, Russ Dizdar's teachings, Luke. But um, 
but yeah, as you're talking about that, they're denying the infinite God. Right. And they're putting all their focus on the finite because right. let's be honest, there's a lot of power out there. There's a lot of occult power. There's a lot of demonic power. Yes. And if you subject yourself to that and go through those rituals, okay, yes, you're going to gain those and it's going to look very impressive. But that is focusing on the finite and denying the infinite. There's there's no match. Exactly. Exactly. It's, 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 it's like you go to certain areas too. Like you said about, let's go back to Maui again, one more time. What was it about Maui? Look, I think you asked that something along that line, I believe, you know, why, why Maui? Why Lahaina? There is a feeling you get on the islands of an energy. It's just like, it's amazing. You go to certain places that are sacred. You can feel it. You can feel it. And it's like, as they do things now about prehistory and things like this, about, you know, humanity, they're making incredible inroads on discovering that during the ice age, there was advanced thinking, advanced architecture, advanced things like before the great um, cataclysm, which they now believe was a um, uh, comet hit or meteor hit the earth uh, after the dinosaur time in the ice age time, 12,800 years ago or so. So what you have is... um, this idea of, um, oh gosh, I just lost my train of thought. I just lost the train of thought. My trains collided just for a moment here. Uh, take me back to where, I, where we were going and I'll go back again. That's the problem with layered things. So you were, you were saying, um, again, connected to Maui and CIA and yes. Freemasonry. The, the energy of a certain place, they're very attuned to um, okay. the spiritual re- re- relevance. At least they are attuned to that. If not actually feeling that power, so they know that it's important to people. That's one thing we know they know. Do they actually feel the power of that place that others pick up? Maybe, and that makes it doubly doubly um, scary because that means that they can sense the energy. Evil can sense the energy of what's really good and target those spots. And they targeted that spot. Lahaina was basically the sacred tree from Avatar. Well, that's interesting, Luke, because it's the Lucifer telescope, right? That the Vatican took over that sacred mountain, sacred to the Native Americans, because they knew that this was uh, a very spiritual place, perhaps a portal, a a gateway for another dimension. Right. They're in Arizona. In Arizona, yeah. So you just raised something so important. There's another body of um, another discipline that's being bought off. And it is incredible. Just like the global warming thing where they're trying to get scientists paid to do a certain thing. Yep. Uh, go to Spielberg and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Archaeologists universally are being basically commanded, bought off, if you will, maybe not monetarily sometimes, to uh, block any uh, research or thought beyond what's been established simply, simply for all these time. They're blocking research. Now, what do they say in Red's Lost Ark? What Spielberg relayed to us? That Hitler was in, interested in the cult. We know Himmler was, right? The cult. They had the whole thing, the whole castle set up for that and the circle in the basement and everything. So you have this whole thing where they're focused on the cult and, um, and research and archaeology. So archaeologists quietly have been employed to block and ban understanding and research into beyond their simplistic crown-like theories 
crayon-like theories. You know, you know, people came across the land bridge from Alaska, and that's where they came in a certain period in time. They had no idea. You know, now we're finding out they came to the East Coast. That there was people here for since the Ice Age. They were here. Their their literal footprints are here. Their technology, which was unbelievable, is here. The Serpent Mound in Ohio. The Serpent Mound in Ohio and how it lines up. You know, you're barred from researching that. You're not allowed to look into the beauty of that. So that's what's going on is when they start getting archaeologists to be shutting things down and keeping a uh, simple line, that goes along with the Masons. The idea of don't try to make a difference with the 99%. Let the 99% believe this simple language, and that allows them to feel superior over the 99%. Look what the 99% believe. That's also why they stuck all my stuff in the first graphic of the Matrix, everything like high school, birthday, everything. They're putting it in plain sight along with other authors, plain sight, their stuff as they steal their work because they're saying to the 99%, you are idiots. You will never figure this out. You'll never know. The Wachowskis actually say in an interview, you'll never understand all the things we stuck in there. They are trying to, they're small minds trying to be superior over brilliant minds. Yeah. Yeah. And and honestly, you know, you can, you can thank the Rockefellers and that satanic bloodline for a lot of this because they did it to, they did it to us with the education system, right? To just crank out worker bees that don't critical think they did it to us in the medical um, and pharmaceutical where they, you know, took control of the universities to crank out MDs, even though there's all sorts of other viable options, you know, homeopathy and, and, and herbal remedies and so on. They took that over in the thirties, I believe. Right. And then, uh, of course we've discussed with Tim Benz and the federal reserve system and with Dr. Laura's book as well. Um, so enslaving us financially, I mean, boy, you just take those three things, guys, the medical, the the uh, and pharmaceutical the um, the banking system and our our, our taxation and um, and the third one that t- <laughs> just escaped me um, and the, you you put all those three things together um, what control they have the, yeah the education system was the third one education uh, medical and then the financial and You're right. they're able to do it see what we can we can peer through the keyhole. Right into the cabal's center, right into their center room. We can peer through the keyhole by the, using, utilizing those of us that were groomed to be in that room. Yeah. Keep in mind, there's only a few of us that said no. Many took the offers. Many took the offers and pretended to be benevolent. Many took the offers and do interviews. And they pretend to be both sides, which is the cabal's playbook, which is 48 ways to power or something where you're supposed to play both thrones Pretend you're totally devoted to each one, 100%, and then destroy the one that's losing. And you become the winner every time. It's yes. Machiavelli on steroids. And so look at me. I was groomed by the Rockefellers. The FBI gave me the card. Religious Right incorporated me. Wanted to be the face of the Christian coalition. When they dumped me, the cabal arm of the Rockefellers picked me up at Colonial Williamsburg. And suddenly the Rockefellers are offering. They're saying to me, basically, uh, we can't keep you. You got too much talent. They're actually saying this. You, you're going to have a Broadway hit. You've got the screenplay. We can't even keep you interested here probably, but they could. I was able to work there and they gave me my choice of mansion. I could have everybody live with me. I picked any job I wanted. I could create my own ticket. 
I was being groomed to be a director, which is above vice presidents. That's all the Rockefellers. When the Rockefellers and the Clinton group clashed and the Clintons wanted me out and Robertson wanted me out, the Rockefellers took me to Disney on Maui. I went right from the Rockefellers group from Williamsburg to Disney on Maui. They transferred so living. That started you living in Maui? Was That's that what transition? it was. I was invited to live there by the Disney group. Okay. See, so what happens is they pass you around like you're an asset, right? If you have the smarts that they, that they think you have the smarts and you create a material that's successful, right? Like that pitch session with Bonaventura preceding that. Then even if you're a wounded warrior, they'll take you in, supply you even with your own wife, your, your social structure, your jobs, and they will have control of you that way. If we make you, we can break you is their phrase. So yeah. I was then what they did in the end, they just stole it. They just took everything and, and pulled the bottom out from under me. And suddenly I was cut off just as in the original screenplay. Um, Neo is cut off and he knows he's cut off when he puts his hand on the panel and all his credit is gone. He was betrayed by the architects. So, yeah. So let's, let's talk your, um, your recruitment there. Yeah. Your CIA recruitment, how that came about, what you were told. And then, yeah, how it progressed, like how far into it were you? What, what degrees and all that sort of stuff. So. Well, hold your thought because I do okay. want to honor this one one. Now, nobody sure, in their right mind would allow this question. If you're on an interview, you don't allow this question. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want this question. You would hide from this question. But mm. it's time for this question. Keep that note. Bring it to me. But I, I don't try to orchestrate your show. But it's okay. time, I think. I'm feeling led. It's time to roast me. So right now, <laughs> we need to go to the question. And it's interesting. You can read the people's face when you think in layers. You can see people's faces and you can tell if something's yes. – Slightly off. Like it's like you see them looking at you like this, but you can see in your mind, you see kind of like this. You know, <laughs> you can see a certain like skepticism, you know, and skepticism can't be allowed to um, or, you know, foster or fester. So what we need to do if we're all going to be on the same page is um, address any wounds, pull scabs back and say, let's let's clean the wound out. Okay. So is there anything that looks like it was breezed over, skipped over? or just given a swash and left in the mud to dry. So anything that comes to mind, I won't take it as a, a an insult. I'll take it as we just didn't cover it well enough. And then keep yeah. your question. Is that okay to launch this right now? No, that's fine. And and nothing comes to mind at the moment, but as we go through and we hit a lot of different um, interconnected rabbit trails, you know, those things will come up. I'll be sure to because what we're doing is yeah. we're protecting the chinks in the armor. We're putting the armor back up for God, basically, I believe, where we're yeah. not allowing our shields to have dents or, or things in it. One question that I feel led on right now that's coming to me right now is if God doesn't let us get away with, you know, uh, skirting by those that actually believe that actually are, you know, not working with the cabal where you have to give up your faith. Uh, we will introspect and try to make sure we have things right and are clear and clean. One thing I think that people might address towards me is where am I in my faith? Where does my faith stand? Because sure. you'll see me on different programs talking one way about something and then another way about something using different language. And it's like, where does Tom stand with his faith? Does he believe in Christ? Does he believe in God? Does he believe in, you know, and I would call, I, I'm feeling called to call myself on the carpet on that very issue whenever you guys want to address it. Because if yeah. I'm to be a mouthpiece for what God is relaying in our world, I need to be accountable and not let gray spots out there where people go, 
Sure. Mm, this guy. Yeah. But anyway, well, yeah, yeah. Um. Well, go go ahead and and I mean, feel free to you know be as raw as you want to be on on that point, and then and then yeah, and then let's get to the um the recruitment for Freemasonry right. well, as you, much as you're comfortable sharing. Sure. Well, let's go right to your point then, and we'll have okay. that whenever you want to bring it up. We'll bring that yeah, up. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, so let's go to the point. I just want to make sure that was available to you and Luke. Totally fine. To that, you know, because sometimes I'll be like, okay, I have a certain question about something and it just lingers. Yep. But if you guys are absolutely okay, then we'll go right. Yeah, jump right in. Point. But I wanted to have you have that liberty to address it. All right. Just so, you know, we're clear. Yep. So recruitment, how are we recruited? The process of recruitment is very interesting because like I said, you can be passed around within the cabal. It's almost like um, a large corporation with different departments where these different departments like CIA, FBI, mafia, Hollywood industry, uh, even the Vatican will pass you Bank of England, will pass you from one position to another. And you're like, how did that bridge form? How was I offered this right from that? For like Rock, Bows, Disney. But that's because they all are one brandy cigar club. It is the elite club and it, it's anchored in the Masons. You can see it where it's like, it's all about that brotherhood. So the cabal is a brotherhood. Think of that. And so I'm passed from one brother to another. What does that sound like? Does that not ring the bell of child trafficking? Yeah. Adult trafficking? So what you have is we are passed from one brother to another, one organization to another, that the cabal is a brotherhood, and the Masons talk about brotherhood. Think of that. Conceptualize it that way. You start to understand their moves and why these things happen. How do they do it? How was I enticed to Maui? Oh, what they do is they bring up people that are related in your sphere of reference and, and interests approach you. They have many different people in the cabal. So they'll bring successful people in your area of discipline to come to you because it's more enticing. They believe to invite you to the next area to the next organization's control. They won't tell you exactly that that's the organization doing it, like Disney, in this case on Maui, from the Rockefellers. So there was this role that happened at the Rockefellers group where the Clintons threw a fit and didn't want me there anymore. And the, um, they had uh, Pat Robertson's organization didn't want me there anymore. And they wanted me uh, destitute. So the Rockefellers did a change-up where I worked at the Cedars Bed and Breakfast, a very exclusive high-end uh, bed and breakfast run by a, managed by a CIA operative. His name was Paul. And he even told me, he always used the same phrase, just sidetrack. I think it's a personal interesting note is he came up to me one time when I was there at the Cedars, gave me that job right out of the Rockefellers when the Rockefellers were being contested. And he said, Tom, I can um, look at you right now and you think I'm your friend, which I am, but I can be thinking at the same time, 48, 40 ways to kill you. He actually said that 40 ways to kill you. So it's sort of a boast, but he's, he's saying that he's also indoctrinating me towards um, be careful because we who are your mentor mentors are actually able to mislead you anytime we want. It's like grooming a child to become your, your business in your business. And they were misleading you, right, Tom? Because a lot of these promotions and transfers of, of your living locations and responsibilities was was appeasing you and putting the wool over your eyes 
when they were stealing your your manuscript, right? Very, very good, Luke. Yes, because what they're doing is they're running out of statute of limitations. They're running out on certain points. At this point, at this point in time with Disney, as you're saying, what they're doing is they're they're keeping me um, on a block where they can do their dirty work behind the scenes while making me feel I'm part of the club. Absolutely right. Which adds another level of um, interest and importance to that phrasing being given to me at that time by Paul, right? So at the Cedars, then in breakfast, as you can see in Williamsburg. So then from the Cedars, I'm sent to Maui. Now, how am I getting there? It's not a cabal. It's not the Pope calling me up and going, okay, we're going to transfer you over to Disney and you're going for the Rockefellers because the cabal needs you there. We're a brotherhood. They don't say it that way, do they? Mm -hmm. What they do do is they have somebody who you look up to contact you. And in this case, it was Kaylee, Kaylee Rochelle. Now, Kaylee Rochelle had a partner named Fred. Fred had ties back to my family. Out of the blue, Fred contacts me on the behalf of Kaylee Rochelle. Look up Kaylee Rochelle. He is the top, one of the most beloved singers of all time on Maui, where slacky guitar and, and artists are the main voice, basically, of that, those, that indigenous people. They're the ones that forefront, like Is and others, Brother Is, to, um, at the time, to get rights reinstated for the indigenous population. So mm-hmm. it is the music industry that has the real power to be the voice of the Hawaiian people. All right. So that's who's calling me, a revered elder who is very successful. And what are they saying to me? I love the question you ask because you examine it this way. <clears throat> We're now seeing part of the playbook. Approach you with somebody that you respect in your field, who you would want to follow, who is giving you these kind of promises. <laughs> Let's go to the promises. Okay. We want you to come to Maui. We want you to be able to throw your arms in the air and just rejoice. We want you to be successful as we were successful. What an offer. What an offer. Right? Especially when you've just been shredded <clears throat> with the Rockefeller saying we have to let you go. Because these other powers that are part of the brotherhood. Again, think of it as a room of brothers, right? That's what it's all about. So I go to Maui. Of course I take that offer. I'm destitute. Instantly, right when I get there, I'm <clears throat> set up at that um, uh, old inn old, old in at Wailuku. And that is the most prestigious bed and breakfast, I would argue, on Maui. <clears throat> okay. Beautiful. I'm in the bird of paradise room. Gorgeous facilities, all paid for by Kaylee Rochelle. And right? she is connected. Kaylee Rochelle is a man. It's a man. Oh, I'm sorry. So if yes. you look up K E I Kaylee Rochelle online, you'll see his many songs, including Got it. Okay. Beautiful, sorry. Beautiful ballad. I lost no, sorry. That. I lost it's, that. it's a different language, basically. Yep. So it's okay. It's it's totally forgivable. So understandable. So I get there, they rent me a Jeep for free, they pick me up at the airport. They take me right to dinner. The first thing they said to me was lose the tie, lose the leather jacket. I had pants I bought on tour from London. I had the black leather jacket. I'm still sort of successful, right? Because of, you know, with the Rockefellers. Give me. Yeah. So um, made a lot of money that way. So I get there and lose the tie, lose the jacket, whole new culture. They take me out to dinner at a very exclusive restaurant. Then they take me up to the um, old Inouye And it's a stone's throw away from the theater that suddenly wants to hire me immediately, that Disney is there with the Disney director, John Langs. Now, John Langs 
right away out of the blue, John Langs is coming. It's a Disney, he's auditioning for Disney and also for the Fantastics. Great role. So here I am being cast immediately, almost like it wasn't even like all, a straw man thing. It was like everybody was just pushed aside. Tom is the lead in the Fantastics. Then I meet Jerry Eiding in the Fantastics, who's connected to the Masons. So in one week, I'm on Maui, picked up at the airport by the most successful artist, I would argue, on Maui. I, that would get a lot of flack, but in my mind, my heart. And with his partner, Fred, we're taken to the best place to stay, in my mind, that beautiful. That's where I heard about the real estate people were there. The rich real estate people were staying there also. And that debate over the uh, mountain beautiful Vista home would ruin this was during breakfast at that inn. That's what I heard right away. What was going on right at that inn because by the wealthy people coming in from California that were sharing the breakfast table with me at that facility, a stone's throw away from the theater. That's going to hire me to do shows. They give me an administrative assistant position so I can just do shows. A cushy job is another, uh, I would say Luke, another sign of the cabal's handling is cushy jobs that you don't have to put much effort out. You're just enjoying yourself. It's like you're hired to go to a party every day, right? That's what it comes down to. Paid well with great company, right? So that's another clue that people can follow when someone's being groomed or in the cabal system. It's like a river going down towards success. So then I'm given the position as Vantastics and they're pushing a young girl my way. Here we go. All layers tie together, don't they? I mean... Underaged girls, right? Beautiful girls that want to be actresses. Suddenly I'm flooded, not by one, by multiple ones coming to my home, wanting to stay overnight. In Hawaii on Maui, legal age is 16, not 18. Isn't that something? Another reason the cabal, it fits their purpose. Maui fits their purpose, doesn't it? If you have an age of consent of 16, that sure fits what we're talking about, right? What their needs are, what their wants are. Why do you think all these stars are buying up all this property and estates on Maui? Pedophilia is legal, basically, to some degrees, to large degrees. Yeah. You have articles in the newspapers for sex for trade. My honeypot wife that was provided that the landlord was the attorney that was going to throw my case. Her landlord was him. Sex for trade. Many California girls go to Maui and they sleep with the owners and get free accommodations in these beautiful homes. They advertise in the paper for companions and sex for trade in the papers on Maui. Wow. It's a pedophile kingdom. So Luke, back to your question of why Maui, why Lahaina, right? You wipe out the children, you get in there, you have your kingdom with the laws set perfectly for you. Pedophiles unite Come to Maui. You'll be safe. You can have your kingdom and your fantasy world. Epstein Island is Maui. Right. Got it? Yes. Yeah, and they talked about that in Sound of Freedom is there's there's many islands, not just – they didn't specifically talk about Epstein's. And look, we're talking about Maui. It's another island. That's what's so interesting about Sound of Freedom is Sound of Freedom, and I don't mean to ruffle feathers, Sound of Freedom was um, – put in place by the agencies to make it look like nothing happens in America. It's always off soil. Yeah. Cause I've heard, uh, cause, cause there's some connection to like, uh, 
a mafia Disney boss. In there too. Disney and mafia. Yes. Yeah. Disney and mafia. And they actually, and, they, they use this argument. Oh, go, sorry. Finish your thought, Pete. No, that I just heard that, that this, this person's name is connected to producing it or funding. Yes. It. Yes. Deep, deep state. And what you have is that they claimed as publicity material that Disney uh, dropped them and wasn't going to help them now because they were going to help the children and then you see the number one show promoted on Amazon, which Disney is control of, uh, being number one show, being touted now. It was all a stunt. The the religious side, like kind of like the Mormons and religious right, got together with Disney, which they always do, and came up with a plan for Sound of Freedom to make it sound like they were in control of what was really going on and making a difference for children. They aren't. They're covering for the agencies, and more Sound of Freedoms need to be made by other studios where so you, you talk feel about like the trafficking in America. See, we've yes. been snowed. We need to so talk you about feel like it's a, Go ahead. You feel like it's a it's a gatekeeping. So we're gonna we're gonna exactly. reveal something. Okay, there's this problem of trafficking and right. and and it's good. Like Luke and I agree, like it's good to get awareness. Very important. Well it, it goes back Tom to your point about the, the green zone. Yeah. yeah. So if if they're they're talking about the issue and they're talking, I mean, it did address the United States in that film. They say yeah. a Mexican yeah. boy comes across the border, from what I understand, and then California. That, but it doesn't talk about that we're the leading trafficker in the world. America's the leading trafficker in the world. Now we draw from right. Africa and other places, but we are the leading trafficker, and the agencies oversee it. And so the agencies want to cleanse their part in it, and also they have control over. Uh, what the people believe. They also profit off of it. They profit off of it. Amazon's touting number one show. So they're profiting off it. The material, it's like, but they're not the ones that are suffering. They're the ones that are profiting. So I, I just, I just, like they control the issue. They become the authority on it. They, they release what they want while cleansing out the rest, just like they want to do with my story. Disney execs were saying they want to do my story, but they'd want their part cleansed out. See? So if yeah. I do my story through Disney, you're never going to hear about Disney sex rings and what they were involved in. Same with Sound of Freedom. But Luke, I didn't mean to step on you. I'm just saying that it's important to be aware that what we should take from Sound of Freedom is there's what they should be saying in interviews is there's so much more that needs to be done. Please, everyone out there, studios, please get involved and do your own takes. Let's get this dealt with. Not we did it. We did it. It's done. Go see it. No. What the call should be if they were legit is – Let's have more and more people do your work, research. It should be a call to researching and digging deeper and finding out more and uniting and more studios producing work, not yeah, a monopoly because, on the topic. Yeah, Make because it. when the, the people who have actually and I'm and we're not dissing Sound of Freedom uh -huh, or uh -huh. Jim Kazeevil at all. OK, but the but the people who are really talking about the names that they don't want you to know are killed, you know, uh, Kepi was killed yes. uh seth rich who really was did i get that right that released uh, the podesta emails was killed they, they don't want those names touched well that's an important point pete is also they kill those that could reveal the people that were in sound of freedom that were bought off including the agency's connections they don't want people saying yeah the agencies told us to do this disney wanted us to do this because they want to protect themselves from their own pedophile ring if you're the authority on the topic you protect yourself from your accountability that's what's so bizarre. So they get rid of those of us that didn't agree to be silent. That's what happened to me and my son. Luke, this is exactly we were we had uh, Tom Dunn uh, from um, uh, through the black. Okay, we had Tom Dunn recently interviewed, and his episodes will release uh, in a few weeks. Well, they'll be they'll be released before this one, but 
today is the 14th of January. Anyway. Um, Let me throw this in while you're getting your train of thought is the tactic is to make those that actually know from the inside that were involved in these projects that want to do good and actually do the right thing to make us unpopular, to make us despised by using mainstream media to make us look like we're going against something good or going against God. They actually use us as if we're going against God and going against the children by speaking out about there's dirt under this, there's dirt under this mat, there's dirt under this rug, there's dirt in, in the sound of freedom. They don't want us doing, they, they're going to have us destroyed and ridiculed for raising issues that need to be brought forward. We're not doing it to dish the project, we're doing it to get more done to help the kids. Yes, okay, it came, right? it came back to me. So as I was preparing to to interview Tom, um, he and Vicki Joy Anderson do a show called Through the Black. And in one episode, they were um, discussing how this 40-some-year-old book on on Satanism um, that nobody remembers because it's so old, that there's like a recent documentary that people made about this to try to control the narrative about it. And and both he and Vicky were scratching their heads going, why would they bring this up? If they just want to bury this issue, why bring it up? And I uh, offered a, a possible answer as we were interviewing him. I said, Tom, what if they want to get out front of the the issue? So that when anyone ever brings it up, they go, oh, I already know about that. It's yes. just this. Yes, yes, and yes. Yeah. So they become and, – and, and what's interesting is if you go behind the scenes, if you're having dinner with these guys, they'll admit to you if you're part of their club, yeah, yeah we did this because you know we're going to get laid. We did this week, we get the money. We did this. They will tell you what the real personal experiences are. And you'll see a diff, definite lacking of God, faith, and agenda for the kids. You'll see profit off of, they'll tout about what they got off it, what people believe, how the public was fooled. That's what you hear. And I hear this all the time behind the scenes when they're grooming me, when they're trying to get me in. They tell me this stuff. So they're mocking and thumbing their nose at the public while presenting an image. And the media is very good at crafting an image. The more you're groomed by the media, the more makeup you got on, the better the lighting, the more probably you're on the inside. You are a green light for their agenda. You're green lighted for them and you're rewarded well to be that thing where you'll say things like Snowden. You'll say um, there's tapping wires. They're doing this, but you'll never get to the real level out of that green area. Right. Always in the green area. It's gate kept. Go ahead. Yeah. Gate kept. All right. So um, let's go a little past uh, uh, when we said we were going to end just because of some interruptions and different things with, with tech that we had. Um, so with maybe half hour left or something here. Um, yeah. So you were recruited and how do you know it was CIA involved? Yep. Because here's what happens after Kaylee okay. Rochelle brings me on and keep in mind, a lot of these people that are involved in the, um, roping, the string process, the string theory process, whatever, where it's like they, they have a certain people tap to bring you on and they treat you like royalty. Then you're given the Disney job at the theater where I'm given a position and doing shows all the time and popular through their media. In the media, all over the place, Tom Althouse, big hit, number one guy, voted uh, uh, one of the top people making a difference on Maui. Look at this right here. This right here is what happens in 2011. I am selected as top 20, one of the top 20 on Maui. That's a large population for making a difference. The only guy really selected in the arts. Right. 
So what's going on is they give you, when the media gives you that kind of thing, front cover page, they are grooming you. But as Luke said very astutely, that is also sometimes grooming to fall. We make you, we break you. So there's a timetable and they did exactly that. Exactly that. So you have this, Kaylee Rochelle brings me on with Fred and top guy, top guy. How can you say no? I'll make you an offer you can't refuse, right? So I'm on there. Then I get the shows through Disney. Then I get the touring going on. So I'm just like totally, then my play is being, uh, going to be made into a Broadway hit. The Disney, Disney, um, director, Terry Belinder wants to contract me for three years straight exclusively. He puts me into the New York Journal as the up and coming playwright in Broadway. At the same time, how did that happen? My godfather of my son, Tony Lavoie of Lavoie, Pete and Lavoie Properties, Pete and Lavoie on Maui, becomes, takes me in and has me house sit for him, parties, um, becomes my son's godfather. He's mafia. Tony Lavoie has a guy, a bodyguard who's like six foot thousand and he's like super big. They call him tiny. It's like, they're, it's like a B movie. They're, they're actually doing that. That's one of the ways too, Luke, Pete, you can tell it's like a ball is they do it like they're in a movie. They say they put yeah. me in my own movie. So watch for this. Like, I feel like I'm in a movie. If you feel that way and there's people interacting with you, you didn't know well, it's probably the cabal because yeah. they, they have this fantasy about that. So Tony Lavoie takes me under his wings. He says, we're going to get you a roof. I end up with a house and condo on Maui. Thanks to my godfather, who is a godfather. Yeah. So isn't that crazy? And so and it's just like that. It just keeps coming. And then he cuts me off when the honeypot wife cuts me off, whose landlord was the attorney who was brought in to throw the case. It's all connected, right? Now, Tony Lavoy brings in a reading of my play right away. $5,000 plus are donated to put this up for Broadway. What's going on? Wow. At Tony Lavoy's estate. And he brings in this lady with her uh, assistant who's right from New York, hosted, staying with the attorney who's going to throw my case in the future, who's also the honeypot wife's landlord, who's going to be in my future. Who's now in my future at this point of the reading. So you've got this easy traced conduit of lineup. You'll see the smile, Luke. It's great. So what happens is... You know what the smile is because we're, you're tied to the matrix and then behind you is the cat. Oh, oh, the oh my the God. Deja vu, the deja vu. Where is she? Where is she? Okay, I got it. So th- that's great. I'm glad you shared that. Okay, all right. But do you follow what's going on here? Look at yep. the intricate planning they do. And then your wife is brought in the picture, whose landlord is the attorney who's going to throw the case, who's also hosting the woman from New York, the Broadway director who did Lion King and Beauty and the Beast from Disney. So Disney has complete control of your life and all components, your friends, your connections, your godfather, your, your person you're contracted with, uh, Terry Blinder, who says there's plenty of other stories in you besides the immortals. So who's the CIA connection? And all Here you that? go. So okay. Tony Lavoy, thanks to you. Tony Lavoy passed me on to, uh, well, Disney connection brings Jerry Iding in, who's with the Masons, and he invites me then to the Masons. So I'm successful. I am ultra successful. And I meet Lauren Holmberg then. It's a, it's a handoff to Lauren Holmberg. And Lauren Holmberg has me meet Paul. They're all both operatives. While I'm lifeguarding on a side job at the YMCA, 
which is part of Homeland Security. Red Cross is with Homeland Security. Red Cross is the ones that brought the Nazis out of, it gave them new paperwork uh, at the end of World War II and allowed them, you know, and like you said, Operation Paperwork. This is crazy. So I'm hired by the Red Cross with Disney. Look at the cabal. Look at this. So Red Cross, Disney, Mafia, you name it, and religious right. So here I am there, and they provide the honeypot wife. She pretends to be a nun and beautiful and all this stuff. And I get with the CIA by going into the Masons. Now, Lauren Holmberg gives me all sorts of gifts. Suddenly, my birthday party for my son has CIA operatives showing up, giving gifts. It's like, it's like you know, Godfather. You know, yeah. So then, then it's all these promises that your story is so fascinating. We're, he says, we're fascinated by your story. So after I get in the Masons, they're going to hop me in chairs and make me a grandmaster within a couple of years. Yeah. Okay. So can, can you dive into your Freemasonic experience, if you don't mind? Uh-huh. And if, if you're Uncomfortable. at liberty, yeah. yeah. Is that all right? I can't, I, mean, I can't say certain things because there are some people that are actually good that are roped in there. And, um, but what's interesting is, what's so sad is Kirk was killed Masonic style. Yes, Kirk, I know you said and that. that's the Masons. So yes. they already took my son. They already took him. So um, what, what level did you, were you gone through and what frame of time? I was basically four chairs away from grandmaster and there's like, um, 12 chairs, something like 12 chairs. So in two years, in two years, I was upped to a high position and they were telling me, um, as long as the case was going on, that was when the matrix case was embroiled. And being handled by their their attorneys, both sides. And so that, again, back to what Luke said, was so astute, is that, you know, they were handling me during that period until the case was thrown. As soon as the case was thrown, I was blackballed right out without being told. Just blackballed. And then, oh, so it wasn't that you, it wasn't that you left or escaped. It's, it's, you're out. I was lost out as a traitor. What what level is I mean because I mean I know there's different variations but we hear mm-hmm. of like the thirty third degree as the highest but isn't grandmaster much lower than that or am I mixing that up? No, I believe that you can be thirty three grandmaster, but there's also Scottish right, which means that you are you can go on to even they call it higher levels of yeah. enlightenment. And so they had me buy my ring and my hat and everything else. I never used it. Because they blackballed me before I was there. So they had me purchase that. So they were going to move me up. But Lauren Holmberg said, you're going to have information that's going to blow your mind. You're going to be so blown away by how the world really is. Sounds like the Matrix, the Immortals. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So that's what he was promising me. And when I was lifeguarding, a gentleman came up. And he was a very interesting guy, a European accent. He said to me, he just comes up to me at the lifeguard stand at the um, uh, YMCA in Wailuku. And he comes up and he says, um, yeah, there's 12, 12 families. And um, he's one of the 12 that he was actually a European rock star, he called himself, and then was recruited. So right before all this fell apart, when they thought that I would be successful in the case, even though they supplied their own attorneys, the evidence was so overwhelming that you're seeing on the Matrix story, mortals. Uh, At the same time, Sophia Stewart's trying to handle me. That um, these operatives were talking as if if I succeeded, they had a chair waiting for me, a great life waiting for me. 
and actually a woman to replace my wife, the honeypot wife. They're going to get rid of the honeypot wife. And she was crying saying that she's going to be replaced because she was going to lose her whatever. If you succeeded if in succeeded, court. They would give me a starlet. And they actually mm-hmm. told me, get this. You ready for who this was going to be? Um, the star in the Hunger Games. I know it sounds crazy, but the woman in the Hunger Games, because this actually has Hunger Games. This has a stadium where there's the people outside the program are fighting for their lives, where they're promised yeah. a place in the program if they succeed in the stadiums in the gladiatorial games. They're crazy. Wow. Yeah. So they said they decided, I don't know if it's part of a joke or what, but the female star who's very young was supposed to be then because in Hollywood they play you like an organ where relationships are broken and reinstated by their construct instruction. So it's not a matter like the tabloids are showing these people breaking up and fighting, but actually it's orchestrated and pressure is applied to break and remend certain connections. And it's all about image power and how audiences see you and how you match up. So they put relationships like casting a show. So who looks good with you, who will make you look better. And uh, apparently they thought the girl from hundred games would do that. Wow. Okay. So with the time we have left, Tommy, cause you hit on it a little bit about, you know, where you're at in, in your spiritual journey with God. Hi. Is is there anything you want to share on that and, and kind of how, how you came to, because I know you've had, we, and we've talked about it, and you were very emotional and raw about experiences of what God has, has shown you. But right. maybe we could finish with that, just kind of how your relationship with him has progressed and, and what do you think is next for, for you and, and, and him as you go through this life? We'll go back to, let's, Bedrock it with this, where this comes from again, just nutshell review, review or script that yeah. I felt that I could ask God as his child on behalf of us all. Um, could we prove ourselves to you, father, as your child? And that was the main, that's where this comes from. And so all this is coming true. All these 190 plus is coming true, including the fake Oval Office, everything else, partly because they're, they're like Lauren Holmberg said, fans of the work. And fans of what we, you know, so they're imitating art in real life and saying they put me on own story. Part of it is that. Another part is God actually gave us all of this in, I believe, in answer to that, to that request as a child of God. You know, can we prove ourselves to you? Do we have to go on a timeline just straight to Revelations where we just, you know, are, are failed sinful people? Or can we prove to our father that a child please our father? Can a child please his father? And could that count for all of us? And he made me think of Sodom and Gomorrah. And if they were found two, then it would be so. And I was told that if there was two, we could do this. If it was just me, it couldn't because people put people on pedestals. And with all this work and everything, when I get name credit for this back, people there'll be people in the population that will put me on a pedestal. And I was warned that would be very, very bad. There are not to be kings, just God, you know? And so, but people prefer tangible things, people they can see and attribute to people. And that's part of the whole cabal process. So I know I'm talking really gray right now. No, that's fine. I'm trying to capsulize it. So uh, in that process of asking him, um, you know, can I, can we please you? Can we, can we have a chance to do the Job story basically and come through? Um, I felt lifted. I felt like the circle of elders looking and I'd be honored in the heavens, not on the earth, all that stuff. It would be a terrible cup that would be given to me, not taken away. Um, that I didn't even know what it was that I was volunteering for. He said, I looked for someone, found no one. I felt that, that idea in my head. I said, I'll do it audibly. So there you go. Now, in the course of all this, the idea came 
Uh, man tries to outwit God, God outwits man. In the end, it's the Christ that it appears uh, and the identical figures. And Neo's watching that uh, architect looking like Christ, facing off the real one showing up. And he even kept the scene where they shoot the bullet and um, the hands bleed. Neo's hands are bleeding and he looks up. That's in that original work right there. Hmm. So the scene with the crater and then the fiery crater comes out. The Wachowski said they want to keep the exact same ending. Okay, here's the deal. So in this was a knowledge that we don't understand the face of God. We don't understand um, what's the complexities that's involved in our faith. When we go to church and sing the hymns and recite these things in different, um, even just, just the different sects of Western uh, Judeo-Christianity, we do not have a real finger on the pulse of what really is. There's so many variations, right? And that caused a division and all this stuff. So I wasn't given the answers, but I was given this idea that we do not know yet. Let no one say they know what's right. We don't know yet. In fact, God allowed that uh, meeting in 400 some AD, that meeting that was political where they Nicaea. Yeah, strip yeah. things out, add things. That was a state meeting. That was a meeting from understand. What I'm given is that that was something where they got to have their hands in the pie and almost like real estate tycoons deciding which piece they want and what piece they don't and shredding it. And then we're told we have to accept that as exactly God's word. So that's where I'm in really rocky territory with the world. I'll be honored in the heavens, not the earth, is because I'm saying we need to look at that. We need to look at the possibility that we've been fed, uh, misconstrued, um, and then ordered to believe exactly what this says when the man edited it. It doesn't, and then we can say they were inspired, but these guys were state people coming. So there's a whole area right there. What I'm opening upon, guys, is we don't know all the answers. We have to be open to God to show us. That raises a whole can of worms. Because then we go like, well, who has the authority to decide that? Well, and I think that there's a there's a preservation of his word uh, in the original text, correct? Yes, yes. And, and we're finding out that actually they're, they're doing oh, – the church, again, like the archaeologists, are blocking a lot of the studies now. You can't access a lot of the um, original texts, like Dead Sea Scrolls, things like this. And from what I understand, the Dead Sea Scrolls are actually pretty accurate because that's right at that time, right around that time – where there's two different groups, um, the Jewish group under, was it James? And then you got uh, Paul, and it's like, it's like we're descended from the Paul sect, basically. But the James group was trying to preserve the Judeo group uh, view of Christ and how he was restoring the Jude Judeo faith to what it was supposed to be, right? And so there's these offshoots even right back at the start. And the Dead Sea Scrolls really will tell us a lot if we're allowed to actually examine them. But we're, they're, they're full of holes and pieces, but we have to embrace that just like free thinking allow or not free thinking with the scriptures, but allow us to consider the holes as God intends us for him to fill it in. Now, who's the authority? It comes down to each of us having to decide in our hearts, right? What's right. And we have to decide how deep we go. I went deep because I decided I wanted to please God. I wanted to please my father. I wanted to, and I asked that of him and he answered. So, but I'm warned I'm not to be the guy that tells others what to believe. I am not. Other that makes me a king. That makes me against God. He warned me I'd be against him if I was 
selected and popularized. As and that's the, people. and that's the recruitment, the kingmakers, you know, exactly. I, that, that's such a good point. They recruited right. me to be a leader and a king, the face of the Christian coalition. My replacement, Ralph Reed, was listed in uh, Newsweek as the hand of God, the right hand of God. They were grooming me to be the right hand of God. That's blasphemy. I would never be the right hand of God. In fact, God warned that unless I'm with a group, a remnant that believes in clearly humble, devoted, not tainting, not altering anything he gives, that goes right back to that 400 AD meeting. He's saying you do not alter, edit, change anything that he gives through us. Not their work, his word. And so what I hope that picture is coming clear is that this was not edited, altered, or changed. It was basically one draft. And I was writing as he gave it, and the different scenes would come, starting with interrogation scene. And so it just flowed and flowed. Now it's all coming true. Because I was tested beforehand to follow as he gave and not embellish or alter or anything. Sound familiar? But here's the key. Here's the trick. In our society, and I'm going to venture this for you guys. Whatever came out of that meeting in 488, that was edited, altered, and changed. We're supposed to allow the God to flow through us, and he did for my work. Work that is obedient, untainted, unchanged from his flow. So we're basically scribes, right? Dedicated, obedient scribes. Now that's, I'll stop there. I'll just say, that's where I am. I'm in a nightmare spiritually where I have a responsibility to speak only what he gives me with this regard, but not to embellish, not to add and not stamp it with a Tom sense. That's so, that's so tough, Tom, because I mean, the scripture warns us too, right? Uh, Let, let not many of you become teachers because you will be held to a higher standard. Exactly. And that's where the remnant comes in, Pete. And I believe your guys are remnant is the call of the matrix, which they, they stole and altered, right? They altered it and made it all about selfish and power and individual neos and jerk and the, and the altered one. And the this one, he's a real person who has uh, wants and desires and uh, trying to do right and going through what we're talking about. It's, it's modeled after myself and others like me. But the call was to gather a remnant through this work, a remnant that would become a think tank to right the wrongs and bring us back to God. And also solve world problems. Isn't that something? So a remnant is gathering now. Now's the time this can be held up. Now it's happening after all these decades, Pete. It's happening. And everything's coming true. So he's showing by it coming true. So that's why you guys are very important to me. Your audience is important to me. Because if I do it alone, I am an antichrist. I am against God. If I do it with the remnant and I'm faithful and I do my part, not embellished, not egotistically, but simply to do it for the good of the world, then I am spot on with God. Go back to what Lauren Holmberg said on Maui. What did he say when he said, we're offering you the lead status, we're offering you that chair? He said, what? Don't try to make a difference, right? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Tom, you just... You know, you remind me of, uh, I mean, it's important. We sharpen each other, right? Because, because we have to, it's self-correcting as we, as we talk about spiritual things and, and what these verses mean as we're reading scripture. Um, but I think back to a song in my, my, uh, my days of, of being in a uh, secular rock band with my friend as the only Christian, but 
we we covered a song from the Smashing Pumpkins, and I still love Smashing Pumpkins music. Okay, but that we covered us by the way. Yeah, go ahead. Right, we we covered a song as as one of our cover songs. We had some originals too, but I never liked this lyric. And and at the time, I just kind of overlooked it because it was a fun song to play. But he goes, uh, um, "Don't be don't be somebody's fool. It doesn't matter what you believe in." Don't don't wow. be a fool for truth. Wow. Come on. What are you, wow. you going to stand up for? Tr- you know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. matter what you believe in. What a line. There's another the line. Of the another line. I'm glad you said this. Um, that just gets me. This one song gets me so hard. I don't know if the artist intended it this way, but it's waiting for the world to change. It's like lay oh, back. Yes. Wait for the world to change. Just lay back. Just- let it let the chaos go on. It'll right itself. No, it won't. Yes. We have to be involved as God calls us. Now, God is smart, as we know. He calls us to be different components in the solution and the, and the puzzle coming together. We're each a puzzle piece. And so we have our different talents and abilities, and we're called to apply our piece. Not And if I'm the piece of the shoulder of the hill, I'm not supposed to be the authority on the river. Right. you know. And then people try to be the authority on the river and, and then get sound bites and things. It's like... No, I'm to address what I'm given in my walk that I'm supposed to walk, my cup that was given to me. I'm not supposed to be the authority of what you guys are the authorities on. Right. No? Yeah, it's They're a diverse body. And Luke, we, we interviewed uh, Doc Rodich and, um, you know, listening to him, I, I listened to um, uh, Rod Smith on Millennial Mustard Seed do a part four with Dr. Rodich. So he's had him on at least four times now. But he's talking about staying in our lane, basically in the way that God created us. Yes, there are some universal calls about the Great Commission, about sanctification, getting sin out of our lives, obedience, all these things. Those are universal for any believer. But then there's how he uniquely fitted us and wrote our scroll that we're supposed to live out. And when we get in our lane and we connect with how um, God set up our life to be he says that's that's when things just move like like crazy fast because we're in alignment with that will and i i think that's kind of what you're saying as far as that it goes. is so, this is my scroll right here and i followed, right, I would say, exactly. I followed it faithfully i did my job i followed it faithfully guys and one of the big things he has is humility compassion and humility are key if you're on that straight line that path that scroll compassion and humility will be part of your core. It'll be part of your nature. You will learn that discipline. Compassion is a discipline. And he taught me that. He sent me through this thing where he showed me that I thought I had all this compassion, but it wasn't, it wasn't matured. And so he taught me how to actually embrace and feel compassion, where now all these different people say to me, you care too much, Tom. There's no way you can care too much. There's no way on the face of the earth. If you care too much, I would say that's being close to God. It's good to care too much. But our psych people will say, that's bad. What's wrong with it? What's yeah. wrong with it? Yeah. Wow. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate your time this morning. Sure. And uh, there's, so, there's so many different areas of, of just how this world system works and, and peering through all the darkness and seeing those silver linings that God is working. So, 
thanks for your time and, and all the conversation. I think there's many more things that, oh, yeah. that we could pick up on next time we didn't get to, but yeah. Um, any final layers. Th- it, like, it's like, yes, there are layers. seeing the strata. So we've just cut through the layers and we see the ash layer and everything else in the different time layers. So it was great. Exactly. It was a great overview. Thanks guys. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any final thoughts, uh, Luke and Tom, as we kind of wrap up for today and you and- go first, Luke. Honestly, I think we hit a lot. I, I'm just thankful uh, that you were available again. And, and um, uh, I, I feel like even with two hours, it's like we scratched the surface. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's like, well, uh, Pete, your overview in the beginning is like, well, we didn't get to this. We didn't get to this. But uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see you again. And we'll uh, you thank now. you so much. And um, yeah. it, it definitely opened our eyes, uh, you know, with Maui and, and some of these other connections. So thank you for, for expounding on those. My pleasure. And uh, like I'm saying, I love the way God works because I think he's made us to be dynamic beings that think in layers that we can receive him. He wants us to feel the full vibration of him and the full feeling of him, the full um, um, spectrum of who he is. And we're being, we're being taught like children to be that, to grow up, to be um, uh, that, that vehicle that can vessel that can do that. And so I believe that's the journey we have. And he's teaching us this and showing us this. And I love that he works through art um, music and art and this kind of stuff and speech and thinking and creative thinking. Neuralink is not the answer. It is not the answer. It was simply a vehicle used in this screenplay that they saw a way to control the population where it's used to control the population of the screenplay. But God allowed that to be done because God is the one that has control of that, not them. They're the secondaries coming in and claiming it. We'll get our claim back. But yeah. thanks for allowing us to scratch the surface today together and appreciate you guys so much. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, this, and so yeah. what's what's the latest in your in your battle uh post court case and your documentary and all that sort of stuff if you want to We touch are on that making them dance, days. guys. We are making them <laughs> dance. Every time I mention Kate Shilton on the air, there's a reaction. She resigned just recently because of the Sophia Stewart letter being shown where she had orchestrated the letter with Sophia Stewart we talked about, where she was saying about, you know, um, we're not gonna pay you now, we don't need you now, uh the five to seven million for handling Tom. Basically, that letter made her resign immediately when it was revealed. As soon as it was talked about, she resigned. Then I taunted on air talking about how she resigned. So she reinstated herself, came out of retirement again after that interview. They're dancing like crazy. So they're the puppets on the string. And uh, we're the ones that God has us calling the shots. So God will lead us what to say. We'll address certain individuals. And we see them in the news the next day, dancing and running for the hills. So really happy they're, to hear that. Panic. So we're educating the public right now. We're doing that awesome. aspect the court of public opinion, then we'll nail them when we got them beat by their own art of war. Yes. We're right. really happy that, you know, you've established yourself there in Texas. Thank um, you. I love Texas. I'm in Louisiana and, yeah. and you know, God is, God is blessing you and your family. Um, yes. yes. And you deserve it. Uh, I came across this not to open up another can of worms, That's but right. uh, Sophia Stewart on yeah. TikTok went viral. Uh, literally like, Almost 3 million views. Mainstream talking. media? Yep. And it says, the woman who wrote The Matrix oh, and The gosh. Terminator, she talking about the connection between the, um, like, like, uh, Connor, uh, the storylines. Oh, story yeah. Yeah, like that, like the mother from Terminator is like, uh, or is, is, Neo is the sun or something crazy. I don't oh, know. What? There's not a single similarity. Yeah. So you got 33 pages. 33 pages, right? Not a single similarity. The Kate Chilton letter is already out saying she's out. 
the Kate Chilton letter says she can claim the title Matrix because they didn't they didn't copyright Matrix; they copyrighted Immortals. So I she's don't know got how a dead. She got interview was, but <laughs> yeah. So Still in the news. So Sophia Stewart. Really, what should have happened is Matrix Four should never have been made if Sophia Stewart was the legitimate claimant, and she's out there being so like vocal. Wouldn't she stop Matrix Four from being made if she actually had the authority and had won? Why would Matrix Four go on without her? So she she was showed that she was neutered, that she didn't have the power, and that's why now the mainstream media is bringing her back because I said she was dead. So you holding that up very interesting, interesting, Luke, because I said she was finished because thirty three pages does not make a screenplay. And she has no copyright on Immortal. You know, she only got the Matrix trademark because Warner Brothers Kate Chilton said, "Go ahead and take it," because we're not claiming that we're claiming Immortals. And Matrix Four was made. She's dead in the water. Not one similarity. So here she comes back on with all this viewage. <laughs> yeah, it came across my feed. I was like, "Wow." Yeah, Kate Chilton yeah. hired her. Kate Chilton brought her back to try to make it work. Now, so they're going to try to treat the public as stupid to bring them back on, supporting it to shut us down because they know we're coming for Kate Chilton legally. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, All right. Well, th- thanks again so much, Tom. And we'll we'll have you back and pick up on the next leg of the saga and unpacking this stuff. So perfect, guys. Thank you. Many so blessings much. to you and your family. You too, guys. Thanks so much for your joining. God bless. 